what does it take to be the greatest of all time? Some people will say hard work and, and dedication, but that's not true. If you want to be the greatest in your field, you need to fall in love with a stripper, have a wet dream about your coworker, and then get your teacher fired for abuse. All that and more this week on 321. You know, I didn't know where you were going to go with this cold open because you said you were struggling with it. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Thank you. No, but you know, this, this week taught me that the best work comes from adversity. That's what I learned uh, watching these movies this week. Did you? Yes. That's, that's the lesson here? <laughs> that's the lesson, yes. If you want to be the greatest, you got to make your hands bleed. And that's what I did writing this cold open. Okay, can Hi. we see proof of that? Can we see proof? No, I'm trying to adjust my mic by balancing it on stacks of uh, fucking. Well, we can't see proof. All right, yeah, we... you can't. There's no. There's no evidence of it. It's, it was a metaphorical bleeding, Tyler. Please. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, it was allegorical. It was emotional damage, not physical. Anyway, hi everybody. Welcome to Three Two One Bridge. I am uh, your host, Chris, with my co-host Faison. What's up? And a man who fell in love with a stripper who will never truly love him back for who he is, Tyler Zucker. Is the stripper Marissa Tomei? I don't want to give you that. <laughs> it feels like you're not losing that way. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. He would be. He'd be winning. <laughs> That's not the point of this bit. It never has been. You like that text when I sent you that? Oh yeah, I didn't know she was in this movie. Yeah, I was like, I kind of forgot. I'm like, oh, Marissa Tomei's. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Huh, okay. Why did he send me that text? Oh yeah, she's in this movie. She, yeah. Yes, did she really? She's really in this movie. Uh, Tyler, uh, do you want to talk us about what this category was? This category is, uh, I titled it Tortured Artist. It is about three different movies that deal with artists of varying degrees who are trying to do, just be the best in various ways. One's at the end of the career, his career, more or less. One's just starting. One's about to blossom into something better. But they're all trying so hard to be perfect. All three of these movies take the idea of perfection in many different ways, and they are all so fucking good. Yeah, this was probably our best week in terms of stuff to watch. I I think I can't think of another week that was as consistent. Where everyone, well, not even that. We're, like not even we've, where, where all three things were great. I mean, like truly to everybody. Great. Like obviously, for me, I have some weeks where I thought, oh yeah, all these movies are fantastic, and then Chris would hate one of them. <laughs> it's like, sorry, Tyler, I'm gonna ruin this for you. Yeah, but this is the might be the very first week where it's like, all right, oh, well, no, the fucking uh, retellings episode. Um, oh, yeah, I really did like that. But I do think this week is better. I do think, on average, I think this week is better, even though the one movie on that one beats out these. Yeah, it's it's tight. It's it's a bit tight, because I have a personal love of 10 Things I Hate About You as well. Mm. But obviously, the straggler of that week to me was, um, oh, brother, where art thou? Even Which isn't I, a straggler. I, fucking, I love it's that just movie. A, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a I fun gave, movie. I think it's I gave so it like fun. a four. It's really good. I really like that film. It's not as good as I think any of the three movies this week, though, which is where yeah, no. things get taken to an interesting direction. Um, but you know, Tyler, it was funny. I was originally judging you for this week just a little bit because you have two movies here by the same director. And uh, me and Tati were talking and we were like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. And we were like, oh, maybe we should have done the Vincent Van Gogh movie with uh, Defoe. I heard that. Mm. Too. Um, and then it turns out the movie that I would have probably taken out if I were you. Uh, I fucking loved. So yeah, it might have been one of like it, the best one this it week. Might, it might be my favorite. I'm, I'm still, I'm really still mulling it over. I mean, I also debated not doing two movies by the same director, but the problem with that was he made the movies to be companion pieces. So it's like, all right, we kind of have to do it together. Yeah. Definitely after you told me that and looking in retrospect, it very much makes sense. But, you know, let's actually save that for starting the episode. Faison, I want to take it away with Black Swan. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're just gonna go with the IMDb summary because I feel like it's a little, uh, it's a little classic. tough to describe. <laughs> the IMDb, sub IMDb summary is not very good. Uh, a committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of, uh, I forgot how to pronounce Swan this guy's Lake. name. Swan oh, Lake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. Oh, is that it? That's oh, all. Wow. It's all. That's all. That's on okay, IMDb. Wow. He doesn't give. Yeah. It doesn't give us anything to work with, huh? There, I mean, there's that's a whole the storyline basic... paragraph, but like that's going to read that. It's a paragraph. This is the ba That's the basic synopsis. Yeah, that is the most basic synopsis of this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, came out in like 2009, I think, or 10. Uh, 2010. Yeah, yeah came out in 2010. Darren, uh, Fornansky, if that's how you pronounce his name, I'm definitely messing that up. 
it's the movie that won Natalie Portman an Oscar. She's she amazing in it. it. She's yeah. good in this. Yeah, she's really good in this. Yeah, she, she easily gives the best performance in the movie. Um, oh yeah, funny enough. I, I, I not do funny enough. Winona, Winona, Winona Ryder's performance because I was I was just shocked that she was there. Oh yeah, like, I didn't know she when, was when she showed up. I'm like, Stranger Things? Is that you? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. That's literally what he said. <laughs> that is the word. Those are the words that came out of my mouth. I love how weren't you making fun of Tyler a couple weeks ago for like giving Stranger Things as a reference to? Yep. Yeah, yeah, but that's and then different. you just did it now. No, no, but he did that as like well, I a, did that as, as a, a stupid thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a narrative thing. Like this is <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm sorry. Did you want me to say Beetlejuice girl? Is that you also you? said that? You also said that. I also said that when they called me out for making a Stranger Things reference. All right. What was I going to say? Edward Scissor's hands, lady. You also said that. I only have one joke, and that I have to remake you with different groups of people. But then Tyler <laughs> happened to be here both times, so it kind of. What am I going to say? Heather's girl. You also said that. It was in Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think you, I <laughs> you think didn't you're just going through the exact same thing you said. God, I'm just going through the same IMDb. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, great performance. Yeah, it's. It's really the one movie, even though as great as the movie is from the performance, from the whole thing of just like the way it makes you feel like she's going insane with like the pictures are talking to her. She's just so unnerved the entire Well, you are unnerved the entire time. She's just trying to be perfect. Yeah, it, it can be a deeply it's an unsettling movie, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of um, not like gore technically, but like because it, it's not like extremely bloody. But the use of violence is so particular that it, it really makes you flinch. Or hell, sure as hell made me flinch when she's fucking peeling her nails back on her fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just, it kind of makes you really tense up and look away for a second. Um, and even some of the visual effects, I think, are really well done in creating this, like, just uneasy effect where you don't really want to be looking at the screen. Because, like, bumps will appear on her body and they're, like, the nubs for feathers. Um, or people's faces will be overlaid with other actors' faces to make it just fucking weird. To make it just look like Natalie Portman. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff done to just make the the whole feeling of the movie kind of just disturbed. Um, in reference to our main character being, you know, not 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 all there, not not a hundred percent. No, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely not a hundred percent. No, maybe no, maybe, whole, maybe sixty. The whole I'd say like fifty fifty. Like the whole childlike <laughs> thing she's got going on for mom is so disturbing. Yeah. If, um, if you didn't, if you did the whole movie like just on that, it would be just as fucked up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I do want to say, I think this is a movie that exists best in like a purely thematic space as opposed to a narrative one. Yeah. Um, and I, I was talking to Tyler specifically about the ending because uh, spoilers for the at the end of the movie. It apparently it seems like she dies. Right. She was stabbed at some point with glass by herself, by herself. And she um, like makes this jump and she's bleeding and everyone's around her and it's as if she dies. And personally, I don't actually believe she dies in the narrative of the film. I think it is much more a symbolic death. Um, because to me, the whole point of this movie is uh, she has pretty much lived her life as the white swan. She's like been this like perfect, innocent daughter, like this super sweet, innocent girl. Everyone looks at her this way. She's always lived this way and she's kind of repressed. The existence of like the black swan within yeah him, right and by the end of the movie uh the white swan is dead and she is now the black swan she's lived up to this performance she's kind of lived up to her own sexuality and all these things and she's she's no longer her mother's daughter she's no longer the princess that the, the theater leader can like manipulate she's none of these things yeah she's she becomes like her own yeah. like independent woman exactly um so to me it doesn't make sense that she dies at the end of that so I, I take that sequence to be the death of the white swan very much purely in metaphor. So the idea that like the white swan has died out here, um, the theater guy can't control her in this way yeah. anymore like he did to to Winona Ryder's character. But in reality, my, my belief is that like she lives on as just an independent grown woman in, yeah. in a way, making it more similar to the movie that it's most. I don't really think it's ripping off, but there are certainly connect similarities to Perfect Blue. It, li- it exists in a way then very similar to Perfect Blue, where in Perfect Blue, she has like the image of this completely innocent girl. She tries to throw it off. Um, there's a lot of repression involved. In the end of the movie, she says, you know, I'm me. Right. And it's this kind of depending on the dubbing situation. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. The dubbing situation on that movie. We talked about it that episode years ago now. It's very weird. They they dubbed the voice <laughs> with different actors. in, 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 in One the being the uh, stalker, the other one being the actual one. Yeah, which makes it a very strange sequence. 
Um, however, I do think if you take it at face value and you take it at, as more of the story of growth, then this movie ends up following that same line. In which case, yeah, I feel like the whole last, I mean, the whole last 30 minutes are basically purely thematic because she's very obviously not turning into a bird on stage. Yeah, it's the, it's the straight up performance. Sure? It's the performance. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're clapping like, wow, the special effects. How oh, the amazing. Fuck Holy off? shit. How did they, she looks like she really turned into a bird. Oh, is it D from It's Always Sunny? <laughs> that was uncalled for, Tyler. What a, yeah, how how rude. <laughs> to what, act- D, the bird? She, she, that's a real woman, Tyler. D? No, it's clearly a bird. Tyler, that's, a, that's an actress. Tyler, they didn't train a bird. <sighs> this entire time, Tyler thought that they had someone on set like teaching an eagle how to like talk. And no, I assumed it was crimes. just they just got D from It's Always Sunny, and that that was her. Clearly, a bird. Did they did they ever do a Black Swan parody in any of the episodes? Because I feel like they should have. If It's Always Sunny, maybe at some point. I, I don't think so. Maybe that's just what so. Man and Nightman is. Oh God! If you want to come in this boy's hole? You got to pay the troll toll, Tyler. Hey, boy's soul, Chris. Why are you saying it like that? I said, I said, I said, that's what I said. I want to come to this boy's soul. You got to pay the toll. Uh, yeah, you definitely said soul. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I said this boy's soul. Anyway, yeah. Black Swan. <laughs> Black Swan. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot, a lot of this movie, any movie that has like a super unreliable narrator is going to be more thematic than narrative. Like I'd make the argument for Shutter Island being similarly, because if you can't trust your narrator and they're seeing shit that may or may not be there, uh, a lot of times, all of what they're seeing is purely going to tie into the theme of the story. And you'll never really be able to give it 100% on what actually happened and what didn't. And I you mean, the make... better one wouldn't it be... I mean, like, yeah, that that works. The better one would be American Psycho. That's a better option, yes. I, I just picked one off the top of my head, Tyler. Yeah. Shutter Island is always the one that comes to mind when I think about Unreliable Narrator because it's structured mm. around the idea. Yeah. Like, conceptually, as opposed to just using it. Um, But yeah, in, in any of those cases, you end up really gung-ho in like the the themes of the storytelling as opposed to like the plot and you know me i fucking love that so although i was i was definitely iffy about this movie by around the halfway point um because i wasn't sure what it was going to end up being i really didn't know 100 i couldn't tell quite where the movie was going yet um but then in the last act everything became a lot more clear and i was like okay yeah i really like this i it's, it's basically a coming of age story Told in the most disturbing in a way very possible. Yeah. Way. It's the scariest coming of age story you'll ever see. See that like this movie got like a bunch of nominations and awards. Obviously, she won. But what after watching it and looking back at what it was nominated for, it was weird that um Afonowski got a best director nomination and it got a best picture nomination. And a movie like this isn't the type of movie that the Oscars look at. Yeah, it's definitely not. This is like a I, I, I guess I, I can't say for certain, but maybe what an Oscar movie looks at, what the Oscars look at has changed a little bit. Well, I mean, I this mean, is also 12. This one movie came out 12, 12 years ago. So. 12 years ago. Which yeah. is a, that's a good amount of time. Right. So and I, I feel like I think I've said I think I've expressed this to Tyler or maybe I've said it on an episode that I feel like the Oscars have become more of a brand. And because of in the last like, 15, 20 years and because of that, movies that the Oscars focus on are more of like, yes, this is an Oscar movie. You know, whereas Black Swan doesn't feel like an Oscar movie, just feels like a really good fucking movie. You know, yeah. it just feels like a really clever, well-made movie. And we've me and Tyler, me and Tyler, we talked about movies that we think were really clever and well-made. And some of them even, you know, I feel like they fit more in line with Black Swan than they do with something like Power of the Dog, you know, like or any other Oscar darling. Like, yeah, we loved Green Knight. I think Green Knight 100 percent should have been up for nominations. I think both visually in its direction, it's great. And I think in its story and themes, it's fucking excellent. I love that movie. Um, we all really like Lighthouse here. Another movie, the Oscars, we know they would never look at, but also yeah. kind of existing more in that place of theme while still being super competently directed and visually great. So it, those two movies feel more in line with something like this. So I wonder, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's just me assuming, but it feels like there's a trend with the Oscars more towards like, what an Oscar movie needs to be as opposed to just like weird. Yeah. Shit like I, I I feel like that's the way it's always been. Right. They just go for something that most people would enjoy. I guess. Yeah. I, 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 I... it's a toss up every year because I mean like what, uh, what the, what the hell is the best pick? Oh, Coda was this year. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's still salty about it. I still don't fucking like that movie. We didn't watch that one. Did we? We did no. not. No, Tyler did on his own time. Yeah. He did not like it. 
It's a Disney. It's a it's a Disney Channel movie. Any any movie that we don't cover on the show will win. Is what we've learned. Yeah, nine percent of the time, it's happened like twice with what yeah, the father winning, with the father, yeah. and then with Coda. So I mean, the fact that it's happened twice is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. So whatever ones we pick, yeah, bet on the on the one that I didn't pick. This year's winner is going to be uh, Don't Worry, Darling, and we're not going to cover it on the show, and we're going to look like 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 real fools, real hooligans over here. If not, that, I'll, I'll be the only one who talks about it. We're going to be like, oh, the whale was Dude, excellent. if Don't Worry, Darling gets nominated for anything from what Tyler's told me. It feels like it's gonna. It just feels like one of no, those. No, no actually, it, no, you told me the plot. That doesn't actually crank out anymore. Yeah, no. No, now that I know what the plot is, I don't Oh, think I forgot the one nominated. part. Spoilers for Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> the whole <laughs> thing. The whole the real, thing. The real tortured artist is Olivia Wilde. The whole thing in that movie goes off because in the town, a plane crashes. But like, she's the one who sees it. But based on what I told you of the ending, what the fuck's a plane? It's code, Tyler. It's that doesn't make any it's sense. Symbolism, Tyler. <laughs> it's it's a, a metaphor. Yeah, Tyler, I, I, I don't know. We're just not smart enough to understand the metaphor. We can't oh, get, we okay. we, we're not smart enough to understand. The, it's, you know what the plane is, Tyler? It's the female <laughs> orgasm. It's, it's a woman. That's what it is, Tyler. And now the wrestler. And now the we're not. I don't feel like. I guess we. Well, there's one more thing I want to say for Black Swan. What? Uh, I really like. The, a lot of the complexities between um, our protagonist and her relationship with the other women in her life. What, because... Mila, well, it's just Mila Kunis mainly, but like the and other competition. Oh yeah, yeah, and and also Renona Ryder, Tyler. Please, do only do only two women exist for you? The the young ones, Tyler. Is that it? Are the only women you can see the ones who are young and attractive, Tyler? Do you not see the what, old what, crones, wait, what, Tyler? Wait, hold on. Wait, why are you, you acting you... like Winona? Yeah, wait. Like Winona Ryder wasn't that old in this movie, was no, she? Yeah, wait. She's not. She's not. I, I, I was gonna say, wait. I, I, I realize that after the fact. Okay. Like yeah. they're all around the same age. Anyway, go on with your point. That doesn't feel right. That, okay, definitely not the same age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mila Kunis is thirty-nine. Natalie Portman's forty-one. Okay. Winona is like ten above that. Winona's fifty. Okay. What about what about Barbara Hershey, who played the mom? Well, obviously, seventy-four the mom's years old. old. Obviously, the mom's gonna be old. <laughs> Come on, those are the four women. Anyway, the relation—I—I I remember I had a more coherent thought on this when I was thinking about it. I think yesterday, but um, you know, the relationship between these women are all very particular. You know, she like she's scared to disappoint her mother, but she also doesn't want to end up like her mother. She doesn't want to end up like Mila Kunis's character in some ways, but she wants to be exactly everything that she is, and she's kind of envious of it. Um, she's scared of ending up like the old crone, like Marlona, Winona, Winona's writers. You can do it. Winona writers character. She doesn't want to be tossed aside by Tomas Leroy. Um, you know, she has all these extremely complicated feelings to the women in her life. And I think that all very much shapes the black swan and who she becomes. Uh, I also want to talk about the opening sequence of this movie where it's just her dancing in a dream sequence. And then the most terrifying demon man fucking shows up and <laughs> what, starts demon? dancing too. Yeah, and that's that's the <laughs> night man. That kind of fucked with me. I was like, oh shit! I didn't realize we were getting actual fairies in this one. What the, what the fuck? You didn't expect a horror movie from a horror movie? I I didn't think this was gonna be a horror movie. I thought it was just. I didn't know much about this movie, Tyler. What did I know about this film? I didn't I even no know idea. she. I didn't even know she turns into a bird at the end. I knew that her and Mila Kunis were in this. And that's about it. I knew there was ballerinas involved, but I didn't know to what extent. And I knew people called it similar to Perfect Blue. That was those are the things I knew about this film. I can um, only imagine the uh, Oscar screening for this movie. <laughs> they 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 all going, What's this movie about? Oh, just a ballerina trying to be perfect. Oh, great. Okay, wait, the, wait, guys, Mila Kunis is here. Why is she in it? You'll see. <laughs> I don't. That could refer to any number of sequences. Um. <laughs> God, it it is good. It is good. I think that this is going to be the one we have the least to say about. But I think, yeah, with, with what Tyler said, he said it's made as a companion piece to the wrestler, and I think it functions very well in that way. <coughs> well, ignore the cough. Thank you. Cough, whatever that was. Yeah, whatever it was. I don't know either. But you know, it, <laughs> it, it it's here we have basically the beginning of a person's life, right? It's like she has she the black swan can finally exist. Yeah, this character can finally be who she always really has been, but what she's been repressing this whole time. This is the start of her story, uh, and then we can hop over to the wrestler, where we're we're really at the the twilight days of a man's life, and we're right at the end of his story, and it's really fucking good. 
So I'll, I'll give it the summary here. Aging wrestler Randy the Ram Robinson is long past his prime, but still ready and raring to go on the wrestling pro wrestling circuit. After a particularly brutal beating, however, Randy hangs up his tights, pursues a serious relationship with a long-in-the-tooth stripper, and tries to reconnect with his estranged daughter. But he can't resist the lure of the ring and readies himself back for a comeback. So anyway, that's the movie. And I... And, uh, it's uh, depressing. It's really depressing. depressing. Don't be mistaken. Don't be tricked by the tone I gave. Uh, This movie is depressing as all fucking hell. It's basically like if one thing had gone differently, this guy's whole life would be different. That's that's the most painful part, right? It's sitting there and realizing if he just didn't do cocaine that one night. Yeah, if he didn't like go out to a bar because uh, the stripper rejected him. Yeah. Maybe everything would have been different. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. He he used to be a pro wrestler in the eighties, but he's he's well past his prime. Um, he doesn't really have any money. You know, he he's basically living paycheck to paycheck. He does odd jobs at like a warehouse or not a warehouse really. It's like no, a, no, no. Like it's not odd jobs. He just works at a supermarket. Yeah, but he yeah. only does like certain days. Well, but he can't he can't wrestle anymore because he had uh. Yeah. Well, he were getting there. We're getting there. So. Well, yeah, we 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 see him, you know, still even though he's so old, still loving the crowds, kind of working up the crowds, and feeling really at home with the ring. We see that like a lot of the other wrestlers respect him, you know, they respect his history, they respect his knowledge, um, and you know, he 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 really is kind of in his element here, until he has he has a heart attack, and they pretty much tell him that he he has to has to stop the physical activity. You know, he can't. It has to be. He was, has to he be was doing too many roids. He also needs to stop doing so many drugs. Yeah. Yeah, he needed all that for the for like the hardcore match, which is if you don't know wrestling, hardcore matches is just anything goes. There's nails, there's fucking staple guns. It's pretty fucking brutal, actually. Like the violence in here is significantly toned down from Black Swan, but it hits a totally different nerve. Because I mean, that's the body you see in the whole in the whole movie is just both of the guys going at it, throwing like spiked uh, wire over steel chairs. God, yeah, and then the intercut between those sequences and the medics like cleaning him up and stuff, just just a brutal, brutal whole, a whole brutal sequence, honestly. Um, so yeah, he has this, he has this heart attack, and he needs to try and stop. So he tries instead to put his life together, you know, outside of the ring. He starts working at the and deli he counter. He was doing here. so well. He was doing so well. He likes the job. He he's like has a good time with all the people, you know. Uh, he tries to get back with his daughter. They have this good bonding moment where he takes her somewhere she used to go as a kid. You know, he's spending time with Marissa Tomei, the stripper, and 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 you know their relationship feels to be appears to be building up, and then it just it all falls apart so quickly. And that's the thing about this movie, because you are all three of these movies really you feel extremely complicated emotions about. At least I did. So for Black Swan, there's kind of this like fear. There's like a trepidation. But then there's kind of a sense of relief when you get to that last act, you know, mm-hmm. at least to me. There's this real sense of clarity that comes to it, which is intentional. It's meant to mirror kind of a lot of her journey. Everything's confusing. Everything's strange. But then everything comes to a crescendo. And here, uh, the feelings you have are depression. You feel fucking terrible. You feel kind of lonely watching this movie because he's so isolated from everything. He's lived the whole life and has absolutely so little to show for it in this way. And no one no one to show for it anymore yeah. and it's so sad and you pity him you feel terrible for him but at the same time a lot of this is his own fault it's the result of things he either did when he was like a superstar wrestler in the 80s right like basically abandoning his daughter <laughs> and no, i mean know, not basically it wasn't basically yeah, he did yeah, yeah. straight up abandoning his daughter or you know doing cocaine that night and partying before he was supposed the to thing reconnect is, with her. Like, the like, thing that's so devastating is that you start to feel better like about him, like feel happier for him. And then it just all comes crashing down. You, you're rooting through for him the entire movie because it's like, oh yeah, so this likeable. guy, he's so likable. Uh, fucking Mickey, Mickey Rourke's performance in this. Unbelievable performance. I think is better than Bucks Ron just because of the way he, he, he puts himself in it. Because like I read it though, the uh like Wikipedia and read about him. This movie was supposed to be like his resurgence, and it basically was. Everyone said it was calling a comeback, but like he fucked up again later. Uh, but like his whole thing, and I'm reading Isn't about it, it's that like painfully ironic. Yeah. <laughs> no, when you read his when you read his Wikipedia, it's like, oh, this is so good because you this is just you. There's a whole part about it about how he said like 
yeah, I was really depressed. I was like just in my closet for some reason, just laying there thinking like if I should do it. And then I looked over at my dog and he's and he, like he basically imagined his dog saying like, if you do it, who's going to take care of me? And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. Jeez. I'm going to say it. I think that Mickey Rourke gives the best performance out of all three movies. And I that might be a bit of a hot take, but I think that even compared to um, fuck the guy from JK. Thank you. Even compared to JK Simmons, he gets to do more. Right. Like Mickey Wars gets to show a larger range of emotion. We get to see him be extremely vulnerable. We get to see him be angry. We get to see him be at the very end of his rope. You know what I mean? And I don't think I think we get I think we get don't get me wrong. I think J.K. Simmons performance is insane. Like a once in a year kind of performance, like once in a year, (laughs) at least once in a year. You know, like the one like out of out of every movie in a year. What would they call that? The best actor award? Yeah, maybe (laughs) something along those lines. Yeah, I think it's a great performance, but I think Mickey Rourke shows us. It shows us the life of a man, you know, and I think yeah. that it, it's really helped by the fact I think Tyler described it as um, like glow cinema in in the terms of the way it's shot. It, it feels it like looks a like halfway a doc. doc. Yeah, it feels like halfway well, to I a mean, documentary. The scenes in the de- in the deli are not not a documentary, but I mean like the the people he's serving on actors. Yeah, like the, it exists like the way it's shot exists something between a documentary and like home video footage to me. That's like where the aesthetic kind of hits. Like there's like a muted color palette to a lot of the sequences where he's in the streets. Everything's kind of like gray Jersey weather because it is in Jersey. And it's like, this just feels like something you could have. At what point did you notice this movie was set in Jersey? They mention it. They say something. And then we saw a liquor store that said Jersey on it. I'm like, oh, shit. No, even before that moment, I was like before, it's like this. This looks like Jersey. And then they say Jersey. It's like, yep. Oh, it was it was when they fucking had a they had a dollar store. It's like, I've been here before. I've, <laughs> I've been to this exact fucking dollar store. I They can't all look the same. I must have been here. Um, but God, you know, he it, it feels so real because of the performance, because of how it's directed. And you, you, you feel so fucking terrible for him because so much of it is his fault. But also so much of it's beyond his control. It's like this twisted mix of like his own consequences and then also things he could have never had a handle on, even if, you know, no matter how how different things were. And it's so unfortunate because it's like it's one part bad luck, but also you played the game poorly. There's there's no other way to like there's nothing else to really say for you here. But I feel terrible as you get to these last moments. But then this is at the very end of the movie is where, uh, to me, the complexity and the emotions come from because he decides, fuck it, I'm going to do this last show. And I'm going to do the biggest, the best. I'm going to give it everything I have. And Marissa Tomei shows up and she's like, I'm here. You know, isn't that proof that I, I, I could love you? Doesn't that prove that, you know, someone can care about you outside of outside of the show, you know, outside of the ring? There can be someone for you. But he is committed. He's already made his choice. Yeah, he's, he's still going to wrestle. He knows he's going to die, but he's going to put everything he has out there on that show. And at the same, you know, you can you feel sad for him. You feel, you feel the depression of it, but. I don't know. I felt a certain amount of like, there's a certain amount of respect that comes from it. Like, like, a, an like a good for you, like a good for you. Yeah, moment. yeah it was like an admiration of it. It's like this guy has found something he, he loves so much. And he's going to put it everything that he, he loves it that much. Or is that that's the that's what he feels like is the only thing he has left. What's the difference? A little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. There's a big difference. I, I feel th- like. I don't think there's actually that big a difference between the two at his point. No, his like to him, it definitely is the only thing he has left. He already he ruined the uh, trying to rebuild the relationship with his daughter. He ruined that. He knows that if he continues wrestling, he's going to die at some point, even if it's this match or the next one. Yeah. And uh, even though that uh, to make him back and he's like, oh wait, don't do it. We can like try something out. He's like, he just knows that. Yeah, it, it might work, but even then, this he's, is the only place. Choice. Yeah, this is the only place where you hear the crowd. It's like they love me if I go out, and I'll I'll be, I'll be happy if I go out like this. I mean, he even says so much in his speech that like he loves it. He does. Like it is also the only thing he has left. But like something something has to drive a man to wrestling as a career because it's not the fucking money. You know what I mean? It's the showmanship. It's the showmanship. Exactly. He, I mean, even, and you kind of you see that at the end of the fight, even. Yeah. I mean, you see it all the he, time. In the um, what's it called? You know, his his heart, like you know, he starts to get chest pain and whatever. And the other guys like just like basically tells him, you know, pin me and the match. Yeah. But he decides to you know climb up to the top rope and do the last ram. Do the last ram or that's ram jam. Oh, ram jam! God, that's the thing because he, he you can kind of tell that even when he was younger. 
he loved the showmanship because you don't get into this without like clearly a love for yeah. the game of it, you know? So he, he has always cared so much about this and he's willing to to give everything for it. And there's a certain amount of admiration that at least that's what I felt to him at the end where it's like, I feel so terrible for you, but I have to admire the fact that a person can be so convicted here. You know, it's, it's like a twisted emotion that you kind of feel it's a complicated, at least that was my experience with it. it. It's definitely complicated. It's complicated. The emotions you get with this movie are complicated and depressing. Um, and it's so fucking good watching this man's life. As he as it falls apart, he tries to put it back together, and it just seems to slip through his fingers. It hurts so fucking the, much. The scenes in the He's beginning just... where you, when you see his house, well, his house is a trailer park, or is a trailer, and then you just see the kids like oh, the kids half like love him, but at the same time they just use him as this like oh this is fun to play around with this guy, and then like he he just asked the kid to play Nintendo, and it's like uh, so sad. It's so sad because he is that Nintendo. He's outdated. He's, yeah, the kids talking about past. Modern Warfare. He's talking about Modern Warfare. He's like, oh, what's that? It's like, oh, that, that sounds cool. And he's playing the game that he's in. Yeah. God, it, it hurts so fucking much. Um, and I also just want to say how fucking clever the usage. Well, also, I want to let's talk about Marissa Tomei for a second ago, because she also gives a fucking killer performance in this. Oh, yeah, she also got nominated. She's I, I, here's the one thing. Both these people got nominated. Mickey, I haven't seen any of the movies that he people he was up against. Uh, Sean Penn won for Milk. And now, like reading about it, people said that yeah, that was like the more Oscar bait pick. He was playing uh, Harvey Milk, the uh, '80s politician. I don't know when he was, he was, but the gay politician who got shot, who died. Uh, and people said that yeah, he was like a more Oscar bait pick because yeah, you're playing like this heroic guy who makes a tragedy. But then you look at Mickey playing the playing Randy, and it's like this is. This is one of the best performances just ever. I yeah, I think that's actually a good thing to call it. I there is this is one of the best performances I think I've ever seen. It is it's so it's clearly so personal to him and, and what you said, Tyler, proves it so much. Also, look at uh Mickey Walk pictures in the eighties, because he does not he he's so different looking from now and then. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, he looks totally different. That's pretty crazy. I'm guessing. I think he's. I think the story was he either got into a like he was a box. He was boxing back then too. So I think he the story was he got hit too many times and then like they tried to fix it and then the doctor fucked it up. So he came out like that. Damn, oh my that's, god, that's pretty yep. crazy. Actually, looking at that, um, Jesus Christ. But yeah, so I mean, Marissa Tomei as well though gives an excellent performance. She's a character with a lot of her own agency, and that also comes into class with. Uh, Randy Robinson here and I think it all works super well and I just the reason I bring this up specifically is because the metaphor for her be the, the whole thing of her being a stripper works on so many fucking levels I think at least four if I'm remembering correctly Um, one as a stripper much like him as a wrestler their bodies are commodities yep. and as they get she's older, old and like mm-hmm. yeah as they get older they they can survive less and less on them and they're gonna have to try and figure something out uh, two, as a stripper, they she is kind of forced to preen and prep, and she's basically a totally different person on the stage as opposed to off the stage. Much like Robbie, who we see go to a tanning salon, get his hair dyed, you know, working out, primping. Like, he has to do all the same type of stuff that she has to because much exactly like her, it's a performance. I think, I honestly, you can take that as, you can split that one into two. I'll take that as three. And then number four, um, the allegory, the metaphor of he is in love with the stripper. And he's also in love with the stage and these people and the audience who never really get to know the real him. And you can't really love him back in the same way that Marissa for most of the movie says that she can't be with him, that he's a customer. And it's a very similar relationship that he has with the audience that he has with Marissa Tomei throughout the film. So her being a stripper ends up working out on like just so many fucking levels. I think it's I think it's so goddamn clever. So fucking mm-hmm. good. I really love that whole that just the fact that that's how they did the movie. God, I fucking love I fucking love this movie. This movie got me so fucking depressed. I love that last shot. I love like the movie. This Black Swan and this have this quote unquote same ending with the main character jumping off something and then like dying. But like I I would argue I think this is a literal death as opposed to this one's literal. Even if he might not end right there on the match, he's gonna end die at some point. But no, I love the last shot of him just like going up into the uh ropes looking at the crowd doing his move and the last shot is him just flying off i i want to say it kind of feels like you know we said that the movie shot like like a documentary 
except for that last shot. That last shot feels almost like something out of Black Swan, so much more performative. And it's very intentional because the last shot ends up leaving a very strong impact when you watch it, you know, because the whole movie's framed in such a, in one particular way. And then it stops it for just a second, right before the end at his big, big moment of glory. And it just, it nails everything home. So good. I did like reading a bunch of like the actual wrestlers reaction to this. I know Vince McMahon straight up said, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I forgot what wrestler was straight up like crying in the theater, but it's like, yeah, that's believable that you do this for a living and you see a person like that. It's like, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I, shit. I, 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 yeah. You, I definitely teared up at the end. Oh God. Yeah. I was just sitting here like, in, like just like breaking, you know, just sitting like I wasn't crying. I was just staring. I'm just, not crying. You're just I'm dead, the, in, dead on the inside. Yeah, dead on the inside. I was in too much pain for the tears to come out. I just had to like, just sit here and take, I'm getting a bit worked up right now. Just thinking about it. God, I think it's finally happening. It, <laughs> it, it, it it truly is one is kind of kind of probably one of my favorite movies right now. <laughs> the more I keep thinking about it, um, you know. And Chris will punish me with this next week. With <laughs> am I punished? I'm not punishing you. No, no, week. not next week. But some boys like Chris, you're gonna be like Tyler. Thank you like, for making me Tyler, watch these Tyler. movies now. Tyler, the, re- here's the, the second was, uh... Cats trilogy. Yeah, here's <laughs> the second Cats trilogy. Ooh, I actually know what I could put in that. I saw your piece movie. of shit. Yeah, we could do um the the anti drug PSA cat. Oh, cool cat, cool cat and the kids. Is that the ant? Is the is that the opposite of Scruff the crime dog? It's yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, it's he's like a cat, but also a child diddler. So the exact opposite. <laughs> Scruff the child. I hate you. Uh, I gave you so many good movies, and you're yeah, like, "Oh, like, thank you." Like, now hey, here's this Tyler, shit. Tyler, this was a this movie was like an almost religious experience for me. Thank you so much for showing it to me. Here's He-Man um, too. I was gonna say here's Aragon, um, <laughs> and also the Dark Tower movie. But you know, hey, if you want to do He-Man too, that probably exists. <laughs> we can uh, through it. Anything else to talk about, Randy? Uh, I don't. I think there's. I don't know if there's much more to say. Like these movies, oh, the, the... It's, it's crazy. These movies are extremely dense, and they have a lot going on. But there's, it's kind of hard to talk about it. All. I think it's, it's just, just watching. These movies need to be experienced, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we mentioned how the violence in this movie is not as bad comparatively to Black Swan. Mm-hmm. The hardcore scene mm-hmm. is just like, if you watch wrestling, you've seen it. I mean, like I heard what you said, Tati flinch when he had like the razor in his hand to make it to make yeah, himself bleed. Tati That's... didn't realize that they actually do that in order to make the blood happen. That they they, they cut themselves mm-hmm. on stage and stuff. She didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. That's um, just the that's just a common practice, just to like play it up. It's, it's like, all right, we're not like obviously you're cutting yourself, but it's not at the same. It's not to like, oh shit, I'm actually being. It's like, no, it's a little dashy and you get the blood going. Yeah, it, it's like Jersey knowledge, but you know she's not from Jersey. She doesn't understand. That's true. This is yeah. a Jersey movie right here. That's the best although movie. the one part that did get me is in the deli when he cuts himself on the fucking oh. deli slicer. Oh, that yeah. one, that one oh. got me. Yeah, because Just you know it's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think even even the the violence we do see with like the hardcore stuff, it can be just like oh god, because even though it's happening, it's like you're you're doing this for the show, and it's so much, you know. <laughs> It's just an intense thing to do for a living. And you kind of just, I just, for me, I was just seeing that. I was like, ah, this isn't the most violent thing I've seen to like, you know, on the show or anything, but it still hurts on like a, another level that I can't quite place. But no, the fucking cutting the hands on the meat, that's like a fear of mine. I've never worked with one of those things in my life. Yeah. Never and will. I never want to. But it's yeah. like, like, that's one of those irrational fears. Like I, I worked, I worked at an ice rink and I never wanted to be on when there was people on because my fear was falling over, having my fingers out on the ice, and then like someone with the ice blades. It chops them right chops off. Chops my fucking fingers off. Uh-uh. That's, that's, that, that, those type, those types of things, absolutely irrational fears. That shit hurts to think about. Mm. God. I don't know, uh, that manager at that place is such a dick. What a, pr- he was just watching yeah. porn at work. That, that why did he, why, why like... did he, why did he take that in stride though? It's like, Yo, really? You want to, come on, try that again. It's like, you want, really? You that's your reaction? Knock? It's like that's your reaction, not just turn off the porn. <laughs> he left it playing too. It's just a, a monster, savage human being. I don't know how else to describe. Yeah, God. Um, I think that's all the. There's not a lot of major characters. It really is just Robbie and and Marissa. Randy, 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 and Marissa, and um, also that random woman who really wanted to bang him because he was a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his daughter is also 
it's important she's important but it's she, not she's, like she's important to his character she's not yeah. really a, like she like she's a character in that like she has trauma regarding like him abandoning her but it's not really like she has an arc per se i guess she kind of does but it's I'm trying it's to not really like, I'm yeah, trying like, to yeah. get him back not it's get like him back to accept trying, him. yeah trying to forgive him and then him disappointing her again and then her moving on from him permanently in this way yeah like it's kind it technically is an arc but it's not like it's not like a kid, not like an arc, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like a, it's like an arc within within a little little dad, like a little star sign next to it or whatever it's called. Asterix. Asterix, thank you. That's what it is. It's the star sign. Um, but I think that's it for for the wrestler. I uh, believe do wanna, so. Do you want to take us away with the, the last one? Yep. Last movie is 2014's Whiplash, directed by Damien Giselle, Chris. Okay, so let me a little bit of context. Also, I want to put oh, before you do that. I I, I want to point out we also I also messed up about one Damien because it's not his name's not Damien. Which one? Damon. D- Damon. Who Damon? Lindelof. Damon. D- it's not Damien Lindelof. I thought I was. You've Damien. been lying to me all this time. I wasn't lying to you. I just thought it was Damien. Oh my god! I I'm betrayed. I've been out here saying Damien Lindelof. Like you would have done. You would have done that anyway. You would have like done that anyway. Cool, Tyler. Like I know you would have done it anyways. Come on. I've been looking like a moron out here. Okay, Same. yeah. So apparently Damian there's only Lindelof one Damien. And uh, there's only yeah, apparently there's only one Damien. I was under the impression there were three Damien's. There was that, Damien one of them Lindelof. was on you. One of them was the, definitely on this you. One? What Giselle? Yeah, Damien Giselle, and then Damien Aronofsky, Noski, whatever. And apparently one of them one was of on you. Is Damien? So one of those was definitely on you. I definitely you think kept... this is Tyler's fault. I think he didn't educate me, and because of that, this is his mistake. You blame the teacher. I bl- Always blame the teacher, Tyler. Anyway, yeah, it's your fault for not teaching him properly. Why did he teach me? 2014's Riplash is about a uh, jazz drummer named Andrew, Andrew Newman, and his instructor, Terrence Fletcher. And Andrew wants to be the best. Terrence thinks he can get the best out of people by just berating and being the hardest. It's just a little bit of tough love. Extreme yeah. tough love, absolutely he just, he abusive. Just wants what's best for him. Never absolutely. hasn't caused a suicide. Never. No. no not even. No. Once. Definitely didn't do that. Not he's even just. Twice. What did he say? I'm all just like peaches and cream or some shit. Yeah, peaches and cream. I think was the exact phrase that he used. Yeah. Uh. No. This movie. When you describe this movie, it's like, oh yeah, just a jazz drummer and his uh, and his hard as hell uh instructor, and he's just trying to be the best. People probably wouldn't get into it, but when you say this is one of the most intense movies I've ever seen, and it's like, yeah. This movie causes causes anxiety. This movie gives me the same feeling when like it's like the it's like at night, you know, and you just realized you fucked up something really big at work and whoever's yeah. there, like whoever's like going to be there before you is going to catch on to it and you're going to have your shit ripped into. And you you like you're suddenly like super hyper aware of it. It's like I can't go fix it. It's too late. I just have to sit here and watch this movie and be in a, a manic ex- anxiety until tomorrow morning just so then I can go get yelled at by J.K. Simmons. That's, I can't wait to watch Uncut Gems. That's the experience I have watching this film. It is it is anxiety, but there's a payoff to it because those last 15 minutes are excellent. I mean, the the whole movie's excellent. It's literally one of my favorite movies. J.K. Simmons as a as a Terrence Fletcher is one of the best. I mean, He's he won terrifying. Best Supporting Actor. Terrifying. He deserved it just because anytime he's on screen, it's terrifying. I hate it. I mean. <laughs> His insults hurt so much, but they're ridiculously funny. So funny. Sure, there's slurs in there, but they're really funny. I mean, the one that you can say is, uh, I forgot who, I uh, nobody, I don't know anybody's name in this movie besides uh, Andrew Fletcher and what's his, the Connellys, I know the redhead. That's really it. But at one point in the very beginning of the movie, he straight up says to one of the trombone players uh that's not your boyfriend's dick don't come early it's like wow all right starting off strong i think there's another one where like he's like he's he has this whole sequence where he's saying um it sounds like someone's playing flat right and he's like who the fuck's playing flat and he goes over to this one guy who's like on i think maybe a trombone or a trumpet or something and he's like are you playing flat and the guy's looking at him, he's like there's not a mars bar down there i'm asking are you playing flat it's like, God, that's so mean. It's so yeah. unnecessary to go for that. The, the emotional <laughs> manipulation he does is Aghastly. just ruthless. He goes, he drives that person out. He basically he just forces him out of the room. And then he says, by the way, he wasn't playing flat. I know you were. 
but he didn't know he wasn't. So that's bad enough for me to kick him out. I don't want to hear it again. It's like, holy shit. He's a monster. He's a fucking monster. I, half the time when you truly don't know, the one time that I think that he's being sincere is when Andrew sees him talk to what I'm assuming is an actual friend of his and he sees his daughter. It's like, oh, you're going to be in my band? It's like, oh, that's a red flag. But it's like, are you being sincere or are you going to do the same thing to her? He's going to do the same thing to her, but that's part of his sincerity. He only wants to create the best. And he's he truly believes insane. like he's doing the right thing. But that's the thing, right? Is he? Because he kind of created the best. He calls like, somebody by his, in to his, kill themselves. In his mind. In his mind, I'm saying. But yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. In his mind, he thinks he's it, doing the right because thing. Because it produced a result. Like, yeah. yeah. He, it cracked a few eggs. But yeah, look at the I can't kill themselves. Look, look at the omelet. <laughs> look at the omelet. You know? It's fucked up, but it's definitely his perspective on things. Um, and I mean, that's where, like, like, Tyler, I think there's a couple of ways Whiplash works as a title. It works um, apparently in music when you hit the the snare, I think it's called. Um, or is it the cymbal? I don't know. You hit the what, metal one. The drum? Yeah, you hit the metal it's one symbol. on the drum. The cymbal. You hit the cymbal, and apparently the way that the cymbal will move up and down is called the whiplash. Okay. And being able to control either that or the wrist. I, some, something in that whole, I'm not a musician. Something in that vicinity is called whiplash, and that's part of where the title comes from. The other part comes from the fact that sometimes J.K. Simmons can act like a nice human being. He's like, yeah, you're dragging a little bit slow on that one, buddy. Just a little bit. No, it's okay. I know you're new. It's just a little bit. And then suddenly he'll fucking freak out on you and break you to tears. Or when he just casually asks, when he first, not when he first meets him, he likes to ask him, oh, what does your parents do? Oh, your dad's a teacher. Oh, your mom left. Okay, that's too bad. And two seconds later, just use it against you. This yeah. Fucking absolutely. Oh, my God. And also the third use of whiplash is what happens when you get hit by a truck. You know, so, you know. There's, there's actually a I mean, also the good... song name in the movie is Whiplash. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the most obvious one. But everything else, you know, there's a several other reasons for the use of the title Whiplash, which I think is all just really clever. I, I love mm. shit like that. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, Miles Teller gives a great performance. There are some gorgeous shots in this movie. One that always stands out to me is when his hand is bleeding because he's been practicing the speed for so long and he puts it in a bucket of ice. I knew it was going to be a trap. They frame it sideways. So it's like it's like almost like moving across the screen. It's like, God, that works in a lot of ways. I like that. That's a great shot for a fucking favorite of mine. Um, yeah. Any sequence where it's on the drums is so good. The blood dripping of that, that when they get that so good. The fact that apparently the production of this movie was not too different from the movie itself. They filmed this thing in 19 days. I believe that. I mean, oh the movie God. was based off of uh, Damien's. He, he said that, like, yeah, he had a teacher like this. I'm hoping that it's not this bad, but we will never know. But I mean, like he said, he had a teacher like this. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And he's the mild teller in this situation. Mm. And Dude, this Miles is gave up minute. everything in this movie. Abs yeah, he did. Yeah. He gave up Supergirl. He gave up his father. Yeah, gave up his family. Gave up his girlfriend. Oh, the scene at the dinner table is amazing. The scene at the dinner table when he is like his cousins or his, oh, his relatives. He went to his head so fast. It did, but like at the same, like it went to his head so fast. But at the same time, they were all downplaying his shit. I, I fucking any any time someone's putting down someone who did sports in college, and they say like Division three. Oh, it's such a good bit. It's not. It's the second time I think I've seen that in like the last month as a joke, and it works every time. Yeah, it's yeah, he's on fire. That bit. he's on fire. That whole the uh, conversation when he's just roasting them, and, and she, uh, well, I forgot what they say, but it's like, oh, you're gonna come see this play, and it says words you'll never hear from the NFL. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that he he learned from J.K. Simmons there. Fucking brutalized them. Um, and he he goes through hell in this movie. Physically, he like is hurting himself constantly trying to get the speed right. He's his hands are covered in welts and blood. There's blood on the drum set. There's blood on his shirt. He gets hit by a fucking car and he still tries to play. He yeah, is, and he, like, he fucking forgets his sticks. Forgets his fucking sticks. He is literally pushed to the to the limit of human capability. All for at the end of the movie, J.K. Simmons to try and just ruin him publicly in front of everybody. That did your heart drop at that moment? It did. Yeah. The moment he did. said we're gonna play something new, it was like, oh. No, not even that. The mo the line when he just walks up to him and he says, "Do you think I'm fucking stupid?" Oh yeah. I know it was you. I I would in that moment I held up the hope like would he ruin his own set, like would he destroy himself? 
And then he does. He's willing. And to. yeah, he's completely willing to. And it's fucking brutal. But then Miles Teller, holy shit, in the most amazing moment of self self actualization that could possibly happen, takes everything into his own hands and just starts drumming and just starts going the fuck off. And J.K. Simmons looks at him and says, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to gouge your fucking eyes out. I'm going to ruin your life. But he keeps drumming anyway until J.K. Simmons is forced. He has no fucking choice but to sit there and be like, holy shit, he's amazing. And he starts kind of guiding him again and actually teaching him and telling him, showing him what to do. And then the fucking rest of the band starts joining in. And then J.K. Simmons, it's like he doesn't see anybody else. He only sees Miles here. He's, he's trying to get the perfect performance out of him. And Miles is able to do it. And it's like 10 minutes of perfection of actual complete and utter musical perfection and you're forced to sit there and ask yourself was it all worth it because to miles it was to his dad the look on his dad's face is both of a holy shit but i don't yeah there's always people uh when this movie came out they were like oh yeah it's a happy ending he did it but at the same time it's like he had that line earlier yeah he has that line earlier about charlie parker it's like i'd rather be dead at like 37 uh, full of heroin, but everyone knows who I am. Then dead at ninety, and no one knows who I am. This and- movie stands between, in terms of theme, right or thematic timing, I guess I'll call it. Stands between Black Swan and the Wrestler, because we have a person who has now already become "quote unquote" the Black Swan, and is right on his way to becoming Robbie Ram, dying, giving everything he's got into the performance. But he uh, will be remembered. But he will be remembered, and I think so will Robbie. I mean, we know Robbie will. People remembered Randy. him on the street, right? Randy, Ryan Bad. I don't know why he thinks he's Robbie. But the point, he will be remembered, and I get the name wrong. <laughs> we will remember him. Robbie. <laughs> Never let me do a eulogy. Um, but, you know, this he sits right in the middle of those two arcs, you know? And I think in a weird way, between all three movies, we paint the picture of one troubled artist, you know? One, one artist who is just going, just completely tortured by their craft. And yeah, I, I think his dad's face is like the face of losing somebody. He's yep. seeing this perfect performance and knowing his son's gone. His son is, yeah. is going to be lost in this. He's going to probably die in way he's sooner lo- than lost, he would hope. He's lost in the music. He's you know, no matter what happens, it's not going to be the kid he went to the theaters, you know, watching movies with, eating popcorn and eating around the raisinets. Ain't going to be the same kid. It's a totally different person on stage there. Speaking of Stranger Things, did you recognize him? Oh, now I do. Now that you said it out loud. Yeah. Like a Stranger Things reference? Come on, Tyler. Oh, yeah. oh, now I'm the bad one here. Where are we, Tyler? This is 2016. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> but no, Whiplash. That, they, I, Chris, I said it to you before. Damien knows how to end his movies. Yeah, All three I mean, of his movies have amazing endings. What's his third movie? First Man. What? First Man. Uh, Ryan Gosling plays uh, Neil, Neil Armstrong. Oh, that sounds like a fun casting. I mean, yeah, I, I know I was a bit hard on La La Land when I first saw it. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've liked it. Which, which well, I mean, I you love the ending. I love the ending. I've always loved the ending. But I, I also think that the movie was designed, and this this is like maybe a bit of a crackpot kind of tin hat theory here. I think the movie was designed to be better when you look back on it. Because that's kind of a large theme of the movie. About what about, the I know, gold, what about La La Land? La La Land, La La Land, right? Yeah, it's about like the golden age of Hollywood. It has to do with like this relationship. And in the second act of the movie, everything changes. The color is gone. The direction is different. The music gets worse. Everything is kind of crappier in that that second act. And I think a lot of that's actually by design to fit the theme. And I think possibly even more intentionally, or maybe just coincidentally, that means that when you think about La La Land, you think about the best parts. I think about the planetarium. Um, scene. I think about the planetarium. I think about the ending. I think about the in the sun. I think about. Um, uh, beautiful stars. I think about all the best pieces of music, right? Oh my god, I love. I, I think about all the best shit, and I kind of forget about that second act. And it's a lot like looking at the golden age of Hollywood, where you forget all the terrible shit, and you just think about the really nice stuff that came out of it. Or looking back at a relationship where the rough edges have kind of smoothed out, but you can only remember the high moments now. And I don't know if that was like the actual intention for the audience that when they sit on it, they will like him more because of that. But regardless, it ends up being a bit more than a movie, you know, mm-hmm. because it ends up expressing itself in a way outside of just the experience of sitting there watching the film. And I think that's fucking cool as shit. So I ended up liking La La Land a lot more in the months that followed. And especially now that I think it's been probably like a year, just over time, I have grown to like La La Land more and more. 
And then with this, uh, I now really need to watch First Man. So that's my takeaway. Yeah. Although First Man doesn't have any jazz in it, and clearly, no, Amy it's a very different movie. Likes jazz. It's a very different movie. It's a very different movie. I mean, like, obviously, I'm not obviously. I like Whiplash and La Land more, but it's not a knock to, uh, to the first band. It's just a very different movie. Uh, Whiplash versus La La Land. Uh, Whiplash. I think that's fair. Very different films, but I can. Whipla- yeah, I mean, like La La Land is great, but like it's like it's not an epic, but I mean, like it's good. The scale is much bigger. Whiplash is so much. Smaller, it's much more personal between just two two people. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, La La is two people too, but this is different. No, no, I, I definitely understand what you mean. I think even like even just the scope of like their lives, because in La La Land, we're basically seeing the birth and death of a whole relationship as well as an epilogue, whereas here it's basically just the summary of a man's year. It's very different, but it yeah. allows you to be at a much more intimate level with it. So. I think I would probably agree with you. Although I do want to rewatch La La Land, but then maybe rewatching La La Land will defeat the effect. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it I should just keep listening to the song. It, it doesn't, and it, and it doesn't. Anytime you, I watch the, uh, I watch it and I get to the ending, it still hits. God, the ending is so fucking perfect in that movie. Yeah, he, yep. he knows how to end a goddamn film because both of these endings are great. But with that, is there anything else you want to say? And first about man's, first man's ending is so good too. I need to watch that movie again. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll do a space-themed episode, and we'll do First Man. And we do. Because I want to spite you. We do. I'll do Gravity. Um, you don't like Gravity either. Uh, I'm, I have no feelings about Gravity. Gravity is like it's like a pH of 7. You know what I mean? It's completely neutral. I got I got absolutely no... That was no the shame. lamest <laughs> comparison you could have done. <laughs> <laughs> You went for a pH of seven. It's a neutral. <laughs> Come on, you you went through that AP Chem. You should you should appreciate this. No. <laughs> Either way, yeah, it's it's like white toast. It's like a glass of water. You know what I mean? If there's there is nothing to be said about that movie that yeah. I from from the times that I watched it, at least maybe maybe I'll I'll rewatch it and suddenly be, you know, overwhelmed by uh, something. But at the moment, I, I feel like I have no strong opinion on it. And I know you don't like yeah. it, so it makes more sense for me to hurt you than to, to do it. I mean, I like it directing-wise. I just, the Part of the movie doesn't make sense, so. Oh, God, is it because of the, the gravity, Tyler? Yes. I don't... I, I remember hearing about that, and I really do wonder how much those complaints hold up, actually. It's a main part of the movie. One part of the movie, and it doesn't make... It doesn't need to happen. Anyway... Uh, the, in the last scene in the movie, when J.K. they have that look, J.K. and uh, Miles, he does he say something? Was it just a look of like? Is he just smiling? Because people, just a smile. I think it's just smile too. Because like, there's no he would never say good job. He's just, he says in no. the movie, it's like one of the main quotes in the movie is like the worst thing you can possibly say is like good job. There are no two words people, words in the English yeah, language. Good Reddit, job. Reddit says you see him mouth the words good job, but I don't. Trust that's it. Yeah, that's what. That's what people assume he said, but I, like even then, it's like I don't think he would give him that. I think just the look of like him smiling uh, actually, or being like, "God, looking at it, it." Yeah, I know, I know it definitely uh, looks that way, but it, I don't know it, if it, I it want it to be that. It could definitely be either way. Yeah, see, like it fits, but at the same time, it's like I don't think he would give him that. In the commentary, like the, the, J.K. says you see him smiling, which implies that he doesn't say "good job." I think the smile is all you need. Saying good job would mean like, yeah, this is the yeah, this is the best. But even and Fletcher would not do that. It's like, yeah, this is the best now, and you can still be better. What he actually said was not my tempo. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so good. Anytime it's on Twitter, I keep watching it. And that scene was a short film that got the movie started. Really? Huh. Yeah, the movie was a short film. Damien obviously needed money to make the movie, so he made a short film of JK, and it was that scene. Quite interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, that scene is great, just how he goes from like, oh, yeah, I'm nice. It's like, oh, yeah, just, just a little faster, a little slower, and then he throws a chair. Yeah, he just... Which is exactly what um, Joe Jones did uh, to Charlie Parker, and that's how he came great. Yeah. Except he threw a symbol and almost decapitated him. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's not true. Apparently, that story is complete bullshit, which is even better, actually. The fact that J.K. Simmons is just gaslighting him with a story that's not even real. I think just actually hammers it in so much better. It, it, it just works even more. Wait, wait. Didn't Miles tell us to say it back to him, though? He does. It's, he also, it's, still, it's still not true. 
Oh, okay. Not, they just made it for the movie. Yeah. It's not a real story. He's yeah. like J.K. Simmons says that. And then Miles like repeats the story back. I think it's to his father. He says it to him. Um, and it's like, you know, you're just repeating bullshit that he told you, which is not a real thing. It did not happen. Like, it's not like it's even canon to the movie. It is just a lie within the film. J.K. Simmons is gaslighting you. And it's so fucking perfect. 98 wins and 145 nominations and three Oscar wins. What a movie. What a movie. Oh, who took the notebook? When he loses it, who, who the fuck took it? I don't J- fucking know. Because people Simmons, think, probably. yeah, people think like, oh yeah, J.K. Simmons saw it, so he took it as a lesson. Yeah, probably. I actually think. That yeah, makes I wouldn't sense. be surprised. J.K. Simmons probably took the notebook. It makes the most sense actually out of anybody. It was Miles. Miles is just actually lying. He's gaslit so much. It, it, it this is actually Black Swan. There are no Miles other. Took it no he, <laughs> Andrew took no, it because he knew the because uh, he knew the the uh, notes anyway. He yeah, knew the charts anyway. There are no other uh, drummers. It's just him. He's not been pit against anybody. <laughs> just been him getting up and sitting back on a chair for an hour trying to drum faster. God. Anything else on this one? If you haven't uh, seen it, why not? If you haven't yeah. seen any of these, yeah, some of these you definitely haven't seen, watch them. These are excellent movies. Great fucking films. On to the ranking? Yep. Number three. Black Swan. Black Swan. Black Swan. Black Swan. And really by no good. means is it a bad movie. It's a no, it just happened to be the least good. I mean, like, I thought the bottom for me because it's the least rewatchable. It is so uncomfortable, and I really don't. I'm fine with uncomfortable movies, but like this one especially, it's like, I don't, I'm not in the mood to watch this. I don't really want to see this again. It's very fair. Uh, I mean, we're going to, our plan for our 100th episode is to rank the top 100 of everything we've ever seen. So expect Black Swan to probably be pretty high up there, Mm -hmm. if I had to guess. Probably in the top 50, at least. I'm just thinking off the top of my head right now. I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely going to be on there. Yeah, it's going to be on there. So, you know, that's what it's, it is an excellent film. However, Number one, number the next two are even better. Number two. Wrestler. It's tough for me. I've been mulling these over. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with The Wrestler. I. It, but it's not even like a number two. It's like a 1A, 1B kind of thing. It really is. It I mean, really basically is. the whole week is a 1A, 1AC. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. They're all very great movies. It's just slightly more distinct between one and two compared to compared to number three. I do think that the sheer depression that I felt at Wrestler is going to give it the bump in this case. This is one of those things where, you know, like it's a, any other day of the week could change. But as of right now, I'm going to say Whiplash is my number two. But it is like hair fucking close, like razor yeah. edge close between the two. Um, And number one. Whiplash. Whiplash. And the wrestler again, razor close. These those two movies, they're the two two of the best movies I've seen all year. And we have seen some good fucking shit both on and off the podcast this year, Tyler. Um, you still have what? Uh, Make it work as the best actor. Yes, of the three, I would still say Ricky Work is the best, probably one of the best performances we've ever seen on the show. And it's tough between favorite. J.K. because yeah, you right. Uh, uh, Randy does have more to work with between just like actually performing on stage, being like just alone and, and lonely and all that or jk's uh two settings are just like abusive or or like gaslighting gaslighting or trying to be like friendly but even then he switches on and off like so fast that it is amazing it's an, i don't don't get me wrong excellent performance like best of the year type of performance for the year it came out and type of thing you know what i mean yeah but like ah god mickey work just gets to show you everything absolutely every aspect of it and to me that all oh, that counts for a lot mm. and that's the binge ladies and gentlemen this was a good week thank you tyler for these excellent movies i do want it as your record, reward as your yes as your reward we're gonna watch he-man again three times <laughs> in one week just so i can make more fisto jokes over and over and over again and it's gonna be terrible it's gonna that's what i should have done for halloween fisto fisto that's it. Okay, next year, guys. Next Halloween, not this. Three fistos. Three fist. <laughs> One for each hole. All right, everybody. That's my it. That's god. It. Um, get uh, Audible credit credit on us. Uh, book free. Goodbye. Name a book. Name a book. Tyler needs to do the outro still. <laughs> yeah, I was just um, rushing through, and I can't think of a book though. Ah, uh, great review. Let Swan us know. Based on a book. Mm, no. no. 
Uh, I don't think any of these are based on. Uh, there's got to be a Swan Lake book. Okay, no, sorry. The, the director cites the double as another inspiration for the film. So go read so the watch double. The, yeah. Sure. I don't know what that is, but you know, it, it inspired Black Swan. It's probably pretty good. Uh, yeah, great reviewers. Let us know what you think. Let us know which one of these movies is your favorite. Who had the best performance? Let us know why it took you this long to watch Whiplash, because that's the one that's most recent and definitely the one that's most talked about out of all these three. Uh, follow us on Twitter, 321Binge. Uh, add us and tell us to uh, get that back up again. Just harass the rest, Uh, Yeah, share friends. Tell them to watch Whiplash, Wrestling, Black Swan. Yes, they are great movies. This was a good week. Uh, Tyler, can't wait to torture you. Um, but what are we doing next week, though? Next week, oh, next week is the return of the king, ladies and gentlemen. It is the, 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 the we're going to be showing ourselves to be a real fellowship over here. Um, and think about we're, it. We're past, yeah, we're, we're almost out of September, so I can make two tower jokes. Boom. <laughs> see you next week. We'll see you next week. The minute you started that, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>